0: The scripture for today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 25, verses 19 through 34. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padan aram sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, if it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, The elder shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle, so they named him Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man, living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore he was called Edom. Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus, Esau despised his birthright. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be God. to God. Send your word.
1: So, after spending four weeks looking at stories of Abraham and Sarah, today we move down the family tree to look at a story about their son Isaac, his wife Rebecca, and Isaac and Rebecca's long wished for twin sons Esau and Jacob. And as we see very quickly, the dysfunction has definitely traveled down through the generations. These two boys shared a womb, but they didn't even manage to share that in peace as they fought even then. They struggled so much that Rebecca cried out to God and asked for help. God's reply was simply, Yes, this is the way it will be with these two. Get used to it. The boys are born with Jacob struggling but failing to be the firstborn. They are born. Esau arriving first, with Jacob grabbing at his heel. As I grow up, the twins become very different sorts of people. Esau is an outdoorsman who loves to hunt, making him a favorite of his father. Jacob is quieter sort, more of a homebody, and he is Rebecca's favorite sibling rivalry and parental favoritism. What could possibly go wrong? Well, let's see, one beautiful day, Esau comes home after a long day of hunting to find Jacob cooking a delicious stew. Smelling the food upon walking in the door, Esau wants a bowl for himself, like immediately. Cannot wait for dinner time will not make his own meal Wants that bowl right now Jacob sees this brother of his whom he knows to be impulsive and impatient I'm just betting I'm betting he knows that he sees his brother worked up and single-minded and he pounces on the opportunity it presents still trying to grasp first place Jacob tells Esau he can have the stew if he can have Esau's firstborn status. In the culture in which they lived, being the firstborn male brought with it important meaning because the firstborn would one day be in charge of the family when the patriarch died and would be given a double share of the family's property. All of that said, all of the benefits aside, Esau agrees to the deal his younger brother has offered. As the text today concludes by saying, Esau despised his birthright. It was of no more worth to him, on that day anyway, than a bowl of stew, one meal. Now, it is unclear to me whether or not this exchange between the brothers really did anything to change the status of Jacob to firstborn. And the reason it's unclear is because there is a story a couple of chapters later in Genesis we will not be looking at in our sermon series. And, and this story is one that, to me, is more likely to be the exchange that did change Esau and Jacob's fortunes. In that story, Jacob and his mother trick an old, blind Isaac into thinking he is giving his blessing to his favorite, firstborn Esau. Unlike on the day of today's story, though, Esau was not so dismissive of his birthright and was, in fact, so furious with his brother that Jacob had to flee the area for his own safety. We will talk about how these brothers eventually come to a sort of peace in a couple of weeks, but just realize that these two brothers will become nations just as God told Rebecca, they would. And these nations, the nation of Israel and Edom, they were rivals who fought just as hard as the brothers did. It is like their sibling rivalry grew more and more fierce as their people grew in number. So what do we do with this text today? Well, we can see this as a warning for those of us who might tend to be a little like Esau, impatient and impulsive, eager for instant gratification no matter the cost. We can see this as a warning for those of us who might tend to be a little like Jacob, manipulative and sneaky, not above taking advantage of even those closest to us in order to get ahead personally. We can do these things, but I want to lift up another thought for us this morning. As I was doing my study this week in preparation for today, I came across a wonderful video by The Bible Project, and it explores this common theme of the secondborn being elevated above the firstborn in God's plan time and time again. We see it throughout the Bible. Abel is more favored than firstborn Cain, leading Cain to kill his brother in jealousy. Ishmael is set aside in preference to Abraham's younger son, Isaac. Jacob is the one who is chosen to continue in the covenant made over his older brother Esau, all of his tricks and manipulations aside. And later in the story of Israel, seven, seven older brothers will be passed over in favor of the youngest, David, when God sends Samuel out to anoint a new king. Over and over again, God chooses differently than humans would, including when he chose to enter the world as an infant, born to a humble couple from an unimpressive little town. The author of Hebrews calls Jesus the firstborn of all creation. And Paul writes about the tremendous reversal of fortune That Jesus underwent to be with us in this way when he wrote to the Philippians. Here is what he wrote. Christ Jesus, who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, assuming human likeness, And being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The firstborn of all creation became a servant all the way to death. A death he died for all of the rest of us, the secondborn. Through his death, we come to share in all of the glorious birthrights of our firstborn Savior. Jesus, therefore, shows us what it means to be a firstborn. It is not about property and power and grasping at the heels of those in line ahead of us. It is about serving others. It is not about being in first, but about becoming last. It is not about taking advantage of our brothers and sisters, but about giving them a bowl of stew before they even ask. Jesus showed us a new way to live in community, without rivalries, without favoritism, with love, and grace, and peace. Let Jacob and Esau be a cautionary tale for us all this morning, yes. But more importantly, let Jesus be a beacon and a guide for us. And to finish Paul's thoughts to the Philippians about Jesus, the firstborn who came to us as a humble servant, let me finish telling you what he wrote. Therefore God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name. So that at the name given to Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. May we be people who bow to the name above all names, and who confess with spirit-filled words and deeds the name of Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. And may all we do and all we say be to the glory of our Creator God, now and forevermore. Let us pray. Merciful Father, You share these stories with us in your scripture of very flawed humans. Humans that you still chose to keep covenant with, no matter their shortcomings and flaws. We are thankful for these stories because in them we see that we are there and we are still loved and cared for. But in addition to the stories of Jacob and Esau and all of those like them, we have stories of Jesus. Stories of ways that we are to be and to live. Ways that we are inheritors of this birthright of the firstborn ways that we are to seek to put others before us and you receive all glory thank you lord for the ways that you love us no matter how we struggle to follow you it is in jesus holy name that we pray this morning amen